The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And we're here with a very special guest today. We don't do interviews very often, but we're here with Colt Cabana. When you reached out to us to say, hey, guys, you want to you talk? We were like, yeah, absolutely. We're not going to close the door yep. on this. Because not only are you a legend in wrestling, but you're probably on the Mount Rushmore of podcasting in wrestling. Because like Art of Wrestling is like one of the very first. Does anybody predate you in terms of doing a wrestling podcast? Uh, well, Hello. First hey, what's going on? Let <laughs> get right to the question. You were like, "This, I'm, I want this to be more conversational." Right to the question. Here, I know. I tell. I'm terrible at conversations. <laughs> um, so I started the first uh, consistent weekly wrestler to wrestler podcast involving somebody who was currently in the business. Um, that's my thought process. Now, at, before me, and you, you guys are of the same age, which is nice. I remember like. Dr. Tom Pritchard and D'Lo Brown would do something with a website I can't remember, but it was with like blog talk radio. Mm. And I remember them like trying to get into this audio, but it was before even like I I think Apple was calling a podcast or anything. So like there and like I think maybe even Gary Wolf was involved in that. So there were people trying to mess with audio. But when I became obsessed with comedy podcasts um, in like 2008, you know, I feel the comedians, the way I in, in took this audio 
had really like owned it and produced it. And that's when like people of real radio were, tr- were starting to jump into podcasting. And so I feel it was, di- you know, the 2009, 2010 podcast world was a lot different than the 2005, you know, when you would click open a win app. You know, yeah, player. yeah. Real player. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A real player. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> exactly. It's wait for it to buffer and all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So God, I remember in God, I went to college 98 to 2002 and I remember, opening up an audio player. Oh, the, the possibilities back then, right? I know. Uh, no. It's I always feel like we were born way too I'm sure a lot of people our age feel this way. Like we were born way too early because these days, like back then what we had was nothing. I remember because we, you know, we went to me and Larson went to film school together. And I remember the camera that everybody wanted back then. It was like a digital Canon camera. It was like five thousand dollars. And now this right here is like a million times better for like a fraction yeah. of the cost. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. obscene what people have access to these days in technology. Well, I, man, I've been playing, uh, obviously, you know, I, I came the most familiar with you guys through Twitch. And so I've been on Twitch and I've been playing, I got myself, uh, for legal reasons, I got myself a Sega Genesis full with 500 cartridges, um, not an emulator. Not an emulator. <laughs> okay, sure. That's clear. That's clear. I'll be yes. clear about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and like yesterday, I played Echo the Dolphin, which took me back to my old days. But I remember that game cost like seventy dollars when it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it, it? That's weird. Video games have very really, weird. They haven't like changed. Like everything else has gone up from inflation, but video games are just. It's just the same. And They've that's only been sixty dollars. Yeah. yeah, that's a seven dollar game if you play it now. Mm-hmm. Echo the yeah. Dolphin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you get something that's exactly like it on Steam, and it's right. like you know, if you have to pay three dollars, it's you're like, oh my god, it's so much. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's funny. I like that you're very careful about the legalities of this because I got my first PlayStation Two. Uh, a, a buddy of mine oh who worked at a bank was stealing credit card numbers, and he bought one using that money and sold it to me super cheap. And I w- I just like ruffling Larson's feathers because I just talk about that openly. It was 20 tells, years ago. Like there's a statute of limitations on that, dude. Obvious. <laughs> he tells that story. He tells constantly about stealing his sister's cable when he didn't have cable. Those oh, yeah, are the two yeah. uh, uh, dalliances oh, and criminal behavior. That was, I, that was an active situation. The, <laughs> the kids who had the black box when we were young. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were kings. Yeah. No, kids just, don't know about this stuff these days. They don't know, you know, I mean, the trying to watch. Well, yeah, they do. They scrambled. have torrents. <laughs> they have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I we mean, had, that was just that was our torrents or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I remember watching like the softest of softcore trailers, uh, like but through scrambled. Like it was all I, you're just trying to watch it through like the scrambly like hurricane of digital whatever. I watched, I remember watching the ECW, uh, their first pay-per-view, the commercial for it on pay-per-view scrambled. I was so excited. I loved wrestling so much yeah. and couldn't believe, yeah. again, being like a 16, 17 year old, couldn't believe ECW was going to happen. Yeah. I, I was waiting on the pay-per-view channel to watch the commercial scramble just to see ECW in Chicago because <laughs> we weren't getting it. I don't know. I don't know what the struggle is these days with the kids, man. I don't know what their struggle is. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's get let's talk about the most exciting thing you got going on right now. We're, we're yes. going to talk about if you're cool, we're going to talk about uh, uh, AEW's Double or Nothing in a little bit. But uh, Wrestling Anonymous, you got a brand new podcast. So you have Art of Wrestling, which is still going. Still going, but essentially w- wound down, if you will. 
Yeah, I, I, I turned it to kind of like seasons. Like, you know, I was, I was essentially, God, I was doing it every single week and I would only do in-person talks with these people. I, I you know, I always wanted, because the way, like how I saw it was happening in LA with the comedians, they were, they were all in LA. So they were just talking to each other. And I was like, oh, that's the best. They're like making eye contact. They could see each other. Everything was, go you know, like that's a, a real conversation. So that's the way I wanted to, to do it. And so like my hustle to be on every single independent show, if you go look at like my cage match and they don't even have half my matches, but you know, someone did something like Cole Cabana in 2016 wrestled for like 75 promotions. Um, you know, it's Jeez. so, and you know, that was just to get, to talk with all these people and I loved what I was doing. And, you know, as time grew, you know, Jericho and Stone Cold and, and Jim Ross, they all started getting into the market. And then like uh, my, you know, my show wasn't, um, you know, for four years, it's like, there was nothing like this happening. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, as everyone started to realize like, Oh, podcasting's amazing. We should probably get into it. Um, I started to wind the show down, you know, in 2000, uh, I don't know, maybe 18. And then I did for a year, I did a road series where I just changed it to kind of a documentary form. And then I changed it to kind of seasons because I just wasn't able to do it. And I've always wanted to do a weekly show. I love the aspect of it. I love, um, there was something about the creativity and the editing process and the directing and producing your own show. And um, so now I, uh, I've come with this idea, which is really like, it's a throwback of so many things, but it's a throwback of like old timey radio and hotline shows. And um, to me, there's just such a, like a fun nostalgia to it. And also I think of the idea in 20 years, like when people can look back on these podcasts and be like, oh, that's what, what people were talking about or those were their stories. And so, yeah, so I have a Google voice. It's called Wrestling Anonymous. I have a Google voice number and people are leaving their voicemails about any wrestling stories. It could be anything. And I think that's the fun of it is that we all have these stories. And for years, people on the art of wrestling, they wanted fans would be like, can I be on the show? And it's like, you can't like, D'Lo Brown is going to be on the show. You know, that's who the <laughs> right, show is right. for. Yeah. Um, so uh, now, like, uh, you know, the fans can tell their stories. And I'm essentially I'm just the curator. Like I'm hosting them all. You know, like I, I've, I'm plucking them all together and putting them in one place so everyone can listen to them. And then I kind of, you know, after each one, I give my own two cents on it. And, um, I, you know, the first episode's out now. And I, I, I'm I'm just really excited and motivated. That's kind of the number one thing. Yeah. Did, did, did any of this stem from, I mean, you sort of mentioned this at the beginning because we both listened to the show today. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, of the first episode, you mentioned that you sort of got reflect, I think a lot of us did during pandemic. You just sort of look at what you're doing and it's like, I mean, even me and Larson, like we changed everything the way we did. Like we were working out of an office and then we realized we're a lot happier. We're a lot more creative when we're mm -hmm. not around each other. And everything just works so much better. And yeah. like, it seems like some of the genesis of this came from like just thinking about stuff because of the pandemic. Is that sort of the case? Yeah, that's, you know, that's why I started Twitch, I think. And I was just looking, yeah, we're at home and we're looking, we're reevaluating everything. And also, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go out and get talks with these people on shows. And I was thinking like, what can I do from home that would be produced well and made well? And I've been, I've been wanting to have an idea for so long. I don't know. You know, I think there's a number of things that just hit me that this would be the reason why, but uh, one day it just kind of all hit me. And I was, and I asked some friends like, how, Hey, how does this work? And so, you know, Google voice and what's the best way to do it. And I actually asked some advice from, um, 
uh, this guy's named Steven Jackson. He's uh, one of the best, um, like, uh, WBEZ producers, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, for like This American Life. And he's worked on that kind of stuff. Oh, and okay. So I was kind of like picking his brain about that kind of stuff. And yeah, and I was, and I just, I was like, I got to do it. I, you know, you know, just, I, that's one thing great about me is I've never, for some reason, I've never been afraid to, to, to try something to fail. Most importantly, wrestling. I mean, if, if I look back at it now and I'm, and someone's like, Hey, you know, do something you've never done before in front of a giant crowd. And like my first match was like, I had pantyhose on my head and I wrestled against a fake, a fake doink, the clown, you know, <laughs> this guy named Eric freedom who wasn't doink the clown, obviously. <laughs> And looking back at that, it's like, that's terrifying. But in the moment, you're just like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. And it's probably embarrassing if it fails, but, you know, whatever. Give it a shot, I guess. It's funny because you mentioned, you mentioned like This American Life, and that's totally the vibe I got. I mm-hmm. got like a very sort of uh, uh, public radio type vibe from it. Like, you know, you, you flip over to NPR or something and you hear it on that like public radio station. It definitely has that vibe. Like the music, everything about it just feels even like your narration or your curation or whatever mm-hmm. really feels like public radio. I mean, you just sort of mentioned you yeah, literally collaborated with somebody that, yeah. that worked on this American life. What was that like? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm going for. And so at first, uh, Matt Kuhn is his name who made the music for me. And, you know, I reached out to him and like, at first I was like, God, I, I want something. I want, music that's like fun but slow and and like and i guess i'm like i I guess i'm thinking i'm not like like i don't even know but he came back with like this like reggae thing and i was like oh that's not it and then i felt so bad (laughs) saying that you know because um and he understood which is the great thing because we're you know we're all artists in this weird way and so you know i think we understand whether it's you know, the art of the microphone or the art of the music or the art of wrestling or whatever it might be. So he totally understood. And finally we got to the place where I was like, I want people to think, you know, like easy listening, but happy, but fun. But also I was like, some of these calls aren't going to be happy and fun. So like there's, it's a hard line to pick that perfect music. So I think Matt did a great job and yeah, yeah, I did want, I'm in, you know, the podcasting space is, um, it's busy. Yeah. Uh, it's busy. And we all are looking to be different than everybody else for some reason. And, um, you know, when I first started, there were no wrestlers talking to each other because you'd be considered a mark. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the reality of it. It's like, who's this? Like, like Colt, that's a mark move to, to talk to the other wrestlers. You huh. know, that's not that's what not not what you do. Yeah. Like it's that was just like the old school mindset. You know, did you like, get did you get pushback like when you started your podcast back in the day, like with that kind of mindset? You know, I did in my own head, uh, like you know, I, I and then I fought my own pushback, and I went through with it because I was like, it's not. It's, this is a great idea, and I think it will work. But like you know, remember, I started, I started in Chicago in '99, which was the end of the, which essentially the people that were there were the eight were the at the tail end of AWA. Right. Yeah, so if yeah, AWA yeah. went out yeah. in like 92 or 91, yeah. then those guys were still on that scene. And I was doing shows with Jake Millman and I was doing shows with Kenny Sodbuster J and Kurt, you know, uh, uh, the Baron, you know, those were the guys around Frankie, right. the Thumper DeFalco. <laughs> and they're all about like, you know, this is the biz brother. And that's just, so, you know, it, it was, I, you know, luckily I've always, I, I was, you know, I'm not, I was young then, and even in my 40, in my early 40s now, I'm still young at heart, and I, I just love the younger generation. And even to be doing, you know, this kind of media, I think, I think we're, you know, all of us, we understand like 
not to be bullheaded, right? Not to like be like like my dad who like didn't want to use caller ID, you know. It's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like we were the last people to have a remote control, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I like staying up with the times and I always have. And so um yeah, and so th- this show, I don't I, in my head, I don't think it's really been done to this extent in the wrestling yeah, uh yeah. world. So um, when people are choosing their podcasts, like hopefully this stands out and it's a little different and gives them something, a little variety in their wrestling podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, seemingly the theme of, of wrestling anonymous is the feeling of community within uh, professional wrestling, you know, amongst the, the fans and the wrestlers, pretty much everybody. Um, and you mentioned kind of staying, staying with the times. How has, you know, the digital media streaming being active on social media, um, that's obviously a, a much newer element to the, your branding as a professional wrestler. Um, how has that played a role? How has that evolved for you and how uh, you go about doing the podcast? Um, yeah, yeah. Everyone's telling these stories. Uh, it is community. And I, 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 I do want to ask what you guys, uh, if, 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 if while listening, if anything sparked your brain of like, oh, that's, that would be a fun story that I would probably have or share. Um, but in terms of social media and multimedia is I, listen, I, I want to do the podcast that I would want to hear. I, you know, I want to play the music that I would want to listen to. I wrestle the way that I actually, I don't play music, but you get the idea. I, I do wrestle the way that I would want to watch a wrestler wrestle. Yeah. And so, and I, and I, I tweet the way that I, the way I follow people on Twitter and, and the same with Instagram and and so I, it's not like I ever took a, you know, I do have a business degree, but it's not like I ever took a class and it's not like Twitter was around in yeah, at Western Michigan, you yeah. know, in 2002. Yeah. yeah. So you just learn on the job and you just kind of, you, you take and you get inspired from the people who do the things the way you like it. And then you kind of emulate and, and make sure you make it your own. You know, you don't want to straight up copy anybody. You just kind of want to be inspired. So I always find it important just to be inspired by the ones that I like and make sure I, I make it different enough that, it's the it's the Colt Cabana style and not the somebody else style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we went to a film school, uh, we were the last class, I think, or one of the last class to use actual film. Yeah, like we were one of the last shortly ones. after us, it was like literally everything went digital. Literally, the, our final semester, they they finished construction on this brand new film building with all sorts of digital editing equipment. Right. They got yeah. one of those fancy cameras Steve was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, what's why did we? I mean, I listen. I I told my parents I did not want to go to college and. They made both, you know, my brother is an animator. Uh, he's a director on, he's one of the directors on Family Guy. He's very successful oh, wow. in Los bad. Angeles. Yeah. But, you know, he did a job that didn't need, nobody went to college. And the animators just moved to LA and got a job in animation. Mm-hmm, yeah. and like, I wanted to yeah. be a wrestler, you know? And so, I mean, I do understand you need to go to film school, I think. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's there's so many books. Well, so like, I think like anything else with film, it's like it's all about networking. Like I'm sure there are parallels with wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, I, you know, we've known we've known you know a small handful of wrestlers, and some of them we've known to be like like indie wrestlers, just phenomenal networkers, and they go places. And they might not be the best wrestler in the world. They might not have the greatest look, but if you can network, if you can build relationships, man, that will at least get your foot in the door. And so many places called the Colt Cabana story. Pro wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's totally true. It's the same thing in the in in from we're not filmmakers, obviously, but coming out of film school and knowing people who went on to do that stuff, it yeah. was to it was not about you have to have some talent, obviously, 
But so much of it was like building relationships. And if you you can do that outside of like going to film school, you can totally do that. And you can just read some books these days, YouTube tutorials these days. You can make a film on this and like, you you know, those master classes. Yeah, you can do the master class (laughs) on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think my point was you paid all of that money. Mm To now learn something that is not even a thing anymore. Immediately when we graduated. Yeah, right. It that's was like, well, I can load awesome. this camera. Yes. Okay, uh, that's not really going to help you. Luckily yeah. for me, the arm drag and hip toss will always be in style. <laughs> it's a universal be. language that will yes. never never be passed. <laughs> and wrestling school, that it's always will be taught and will always be used. Right. <laughs> Getting back to uh, the idea of wrestling as community, because I love that you sort of struck that chord really early on in the show. What do you think it is about? Because you're so right when you talked about there, there was the, the kid who called you with uh, with who was suffering from depression, and he goes to an into uh, Swoggle's uh, indie show, and and he's like, "Wow, there's like a whole community here. It's so unique in pro wrestling. Why do you think that is?" Oh, I it's just I don't know. Did you guys have people at your high schools that liked wrestling as much as you guys did? I didn't even get into it until college. Until oh, is I, that right? It was it was like when the NWO got in, you know, was in style. I was like, wow, these guys, this is cool. And like I started hanging out with Larson and and like sort of his pack and and they were all into wrestling. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like I can get into this too. I know Larson was into it as a kid. Yeah. No, I mean like the 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 some of the people I, I was friends with still am friends with were into wrestling, but you know, in like the mid nineties, it was kind of uh, not exactly the most exciting period to watch wrestling, you know? So, so I go to a friend's house and watch like the Royal rumble or something like that. But, but beyond that, I didn't really follow it that closely again until, you know, the NWO came around and it started getting exciting again. And, and, uh, but yeah, and like the, the group of friends, of friends I was, I was in, there's a couple of us who watch wrestling, but I mean, I was obsessed with wrestling. I've always have been. And, and there was nobody in my school that liked it the way I did, you know, it just, and I like, I just liked it at a different level than everybody else did. And especially the mid nineties, like he said, like, uh, whatever, you know, like I was so stoked to read the pro wrestling torch and hear that TL Hopper was coming from smoky mountain <laughs> to WWF, you know, like, <laughs> and you know, looking like that's, and Freddie Joe Floyd, you know, that era, like that just sums up the era of when wrestling was bad, but also when I was obsessed and no one else really cared. Yeah. And so for me, and probably that's why I romanticize a, a little more than most is just to find, I, I just never, at that time in my life, which is so, you know, your brain is getting, you know, formed so many different ways. I, there was nobody like me around and then. You know, it, there were on the internet a little bit, you know, but they those people didn't seem real. They seemed like in a chat room or so far away. And then finally, like to train and, you know, starting to train in wrestling and then find some of these people. But um, when I wrestle and I'm at these shows and I've been doing it a long time to, to see, I'm kind of jealous of the people in the crowd mm. because I wanted to go, especially like, I wrestled and I started getting on all of these super indie shows before indie wrestling was cool. You know, like I found them all, like all the hipster cool shows. And like, I was on them, you know, like from ICW and I, you know, in, um, in Scotland to, you know, PWG before it blew up in Reseda, all of these places. And, you know, I, I get jealous of, of the wrestling fan that they got, that they're there, especially the young, like I really get jealous of teenage kids that, 
you know, that, that find it and get to be a little closer than I got to be as a kid. So um, that's kind of where it, it kind of all roots for, I think. And, th- and then I do say like, I hope I'm, you know, the, the, I guess the same way, like I found Wade Keller's pro wrestling torch when I was a teenager somehow. And it really drew me into wrestling. Like I hope, and I know I am, you know, like uh, that window into some crazy world, uh, for a wrestling fan that brings them closer to wrestling and makes them love wrestling even more. Yeah, it's funny because like it, it's it's almost like as from a fan's perspective, and we never claim to be anything more than just fans. Like we never say we're journalists or anything like that. We just take from whatever other people are like reporting, and we're like, oh, let's talk about this. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it does seem to be like from our perspective, like almost a secret club. Like when you run into somebody on the outside. I remember we were doing ages ago. We were doing uh, like this show. We were down in LA doing like our machinima stuff, and there was this director who, or producer rather, who would do a bunch of like. Uh, uh, he did a couple. Of, sorry, my dog is barking back there. Um, and he was like this producer guy, sort of an eccentric fella. And one of us mentioned wrestling, and I forget who, yeah. but it was either me or Larson. And he was like, "Wait a second, you guys are into wrestling." And all of a sudden, like this weird directing dude from L.A. who had like this crazy makeup on. He was like, oh, man, you guys remember, when, you know, Austin versus, you know, whatever. And we're like, yeah, dude, remember this, this, this. And he had like his whole like he had already like fantasy booked the WCW invasion. He was like, if they just waited two years to bring in the NWO, <laughs> yeah. it could have been so much better. And I'm like, dude, this is cool. It's like a secret handshake. It, it is. Because I think you're right. I think it's like one of those things where, especially people our age, it's like, yeah, in high school, if I was into it, I don't know anybody else that would have been because none of my friends and nobody I knew was into it. But then you get out in the world and so you start to congregate a little bit. And mm-hmm. wrestling is, right? It's the redhead stepchild. It's just like not as and never has been. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Respected, I don't, you know, yeah, and so, yeah. but we, but the people that love it, we love it. And so when you find each other, it's, uh, it's magical. And hey, I know this, the same thing is like, I don't know, like, uh, like I remember my brother showed me the movie Freaked when I was a child, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if we if we knew what the movie Freaked was, there would be something kind of level mm-hmm. where we'd be like, whoa, you know what Freaked is, you yeah, know? Or yeah. and there's there's TV shows and stuff like out there, but you know, because wrestling is an ongoing TV show, it's just a and it's like there's all those different territories. It's not just one thing. It's like so much, but so little. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. I mean, we're preaching to the the choir, right? Yeah, no, for sure. It's funny because like you, you bring up, this is a total tangent right here, but when you bring up wrestling being like the redheaded stepchild, it totally is out here because of that dreaded F word. Right. And I, I, I still feel like wrestling sort of did itself a disservice by in one respect, by like trying to claim that it was one thing when it was another thing. Yeah, but I mean, you have to. I mean, had they known that it would, that it would come become this. I mean, it's only this beautiful art because of what it was. Right. Yeah. You know. So you know. I mean, tell that to somebody in, in 1940. Hindsight's you know yeah, is yeah, what yeah. it is. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Absolutely. I get, my question was this though. Uh, so obviously you've been all over the world. Like literally the last time we were supposed to hook up was on our 24 hour stream. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, I got this thing in Alaska and it's like, okay, well I know that's still in the United States, but really it's like this giant place <laughs> way up there. So like you do you and then we'll hook up later. Um, but like you obviously, you've obviously wrestled quite a bit in Japan is the culture there in terms of this, like some, like the, the redheaded stepchildness of re- wrestling here in the States is a very obvious thing. Like I remember even when I was a kid, it was like, you know, oh, it's that stuff. Um, where I thought it was like, when I would watch rock and wrestling, the cartoon, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then when I got in college, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I don't care what people say about it. Mm-hmm. What is it like in Japan? I've always been curious about that. I've never actually talked to anybody who would have an understanding of that. Like, does it have the same sort of stigma or no? Uh, I, I think it's the same. You think you so? Know? I, I think it's I think there's a there's a little more respect from the fans, but I think that's just the culture of the Japanese people are a little more respectful. Sure. So I, I, I do think it I'll say this. I you know, as an American who knows about Japanese wrestling, like Kenta Kabashi is this like god of professional wrestling. And I got to do, I worked for Pro Wrestling Noah for like four or five years. And I did a bunch of tours with Kobashi and I even got to work him. And I remember like my first tour asking a wrestler named Bison Smith, who uh, has passed away and was a great wrestler. And I encourage everyone to do some YouTubing of Bison Smith. Um, I'd be like, are we able to walk around town because people like mob Kenta Kobashi? And they're like, nobody knows who he is. You know, it's okay. just, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, it's just like in our heads, we glamorize yeah. Kenta yeah. Kobashi as this god of pro wrestling. It's like, nah, he's walking around just like everybody else. Right, right, and maybe right. one person knows who, you know, like in a town yeah. or whatever. So I, I think it's just the idea that we romanticize over there the same way they probably romanticize about American wrestling. Um, but I do, th- the, the culture in general, they're a little more, 
uh, protective and sweeter and nicer, I would say, in a generalization. And because of that, that's why those crowds are so, you know, aren't as rowdy as a Memphis 1985 uh, crowd, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, so you mentioned you started a Twitch channel during the pandemic. A, a lot of people did. Like a lot, everybody, like you said, more they were just at Twitch home. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we see. Yeah, we we had like yeah. a Twitch channel and we weren't doing anything with it. And then we started doing this. Like, man, a lot more people are on Twitch. Like, do people, given that you, like I said, uh, were sort of like the maybe not on Twitch, but like in in podcasting for certain. Like, do do some of the younger wrestlers in AEW come up to you in the locker room and say, "Hey, do you got any advice in terms of how to approach like a a, a digital media strategy for for wrestling?" Because it seems like it's almost a necessity in some in some aspects these days. Yeah, but I I just think I'm wired differently. Like, I like when I go, like, you know, I, like I upgraded all of my stuff. I bought all this new gear. Like, I just wanted to make sure it would like it fit. And I feel people, you know, the wrestling personality has always just kind of done it does everything half-ass i feel that's the wrestler way you know so <laughs> welcome to going in raw that's we built a career on it it's great yeah 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 <laughs> uh yeah so that's i mean you know so i don't know if I've, i mean people ask me and i'm always happy to give advice of course i'm happy you know i think i'm known as that guy like especially for podcasting that the wrestlers ask advice and i I give the same advice to everybody. You know, I, I tell them how important audio is mm -hmm. and how you never get a second chance. Like I always say that like, and that's a, one of the reasons I took down a lot of my early episodes was I didn't want someone listening to one of my early episodes and being like, well, this sounds crappy. And then you turn it off and don't listen to it yeah. is, you know, I, in my, my thought process this is just my own brain thinking was like, I, people will give you one chance and then maybe in five years, they'll give you another chance. And so if right off the bat, if you're echoey or if you sound like, you know, you sound like you're, you're doing it through whatever, a Samsung, you know, phone or whatever, mm -hmm. they're just going to give up on you, even if your content's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. You know, and you guys have beautiful audio, obviously. You understand this idea. So uh, yeah. that's, something, that's something I kind of tell you right away is like, you got to have good audio. You got to have yeah. good video. If you really want to do it 100%, like, People, you know, unless you have this amazing fan base, you know, people, if they're just browsing or shopping and it's not like tip top, they're just going to they're going to move on. Totally. Yeah, that's totally. A, that's across the board, too. Like you can watch a movie and it can look like dog shit. But if the audio is there, like the look of it could look could be terrible. But if the audio is good, then you can sit through whatever, like as long as like everything else is compelling about it. But if the audio is crap. It's it's such a distraction. It takes you yeah. out of and that, that goes like from pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah, especially a, a, a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all you're doing is listening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Remember we, we used to do Q and A's and stuff, and that was like one of the people would say, hey, you know, what advice do you have for people starting out? You gotta be you gotta be competent in terms of how you're capturing what you're doing, and you gotta be consistent about it. You know, as mm -hmm. you mentioned, if if you do an episode and it sounds good, the next one sounds like crap, then if people rely on the crap one, they're not gonna stick around to to you know one that might sound decent. So yeah. And I'm all, you know, I rely on friends too. And I'm all self-taught. And for me, it's all, I have like self-diagnosed dyslexia. So like I hate reading. So it's all like, and I have self-diagnosed ADHD. So it's all like two minute YouTube clips for me that I have to like, <laughs> hey, I, you know. I can't even sit through like, I, I, I always scroll. I'm like, okay, I don't need your stupid introduction. Can you just right, get to the point? Where's the salient point? You do the, the was it the control F? The, you just look for the, the term you want to find on the website or whatever. Yeah, right. Oh, I exactly. don't know yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning. Is it control F? Yes, control yeah, F. You type fine, yeah, the word you control want. Control find. They try to make it really? easy for people. Yeah. 
if you're if you're looking at an article yeah just yeah and if if you know the keyword you want just control f right which is always cole cabana as i look for myself on (laughs) (laughs) exactly caban exactly um one of the moments that that cracked me up was uh on the on the first episode was the austin fan or the austin it was like the wrestlemania 14 main event fan it was yeah. the guy who dressed up like Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, like Shawn Michaels, but talked like he Stone talked Cold. like Austin, but he dressed up <laughs> like HBK, <laughs> which is like the greatest bit of detail that you get in this. And that's, I think, probably one of the one of the charms of, of Wrestling Anonymous is you get the details that only that only real encounters will will get yes. you. But I will stop you on that as I, I'm going to have guests on the show. So, I mean, that that was Chris Gethard, who has an HBO special and is a, a known storyteller. So <laughs> oh, there, you, there you go. That was my like a- afterwards. I was, you know, I, I said, Chris, tell your story. You're me. But I'll be like, well, that might be Chris Gethard. And you oh, OK. It. OK, I did. Yeah, uh, I was yeah, I was driving yeah, through yeah. a parking lot when you said that. And I was like, did he just make a reference there? I think he probably did. But you're yeah. right. And 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 something that stayed with like I re- that's why I made a remark afterwards being like, God, that sums everything up, because I just remember going to the Rosemont Horizon as a child and and seeing those types of people yeah, like it yeah. it brought back a memory to me to hear him tell that story yeah. of being in New Jersey and the guy talking crap to him like stone cold and him turning around <laughs> and him dressed like Shawn Michaels. It's so confusing. <laughs> it brought back a, a, a memory of a, of a kind of fan that yeah. again, I romanticize about and I love the nostalgia about it and makes me feel good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's do this. In the spirit of Wrestling Anonymous, Lars and I will each oh, gosh. do our own. Okay. Do you have one? Because I have mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have I have my one. All right, I go ahead. One. What's yours? Um, so I think this is probably 97 or 98. Um, I think WCW were doing a ticket on sale or something. And then rather having an event at the arena where the, the show is going to happen, they decided to have it at a Cragen Auto Parts in the parking lot in suburban Sacramento, California in the middle of the summer. So myself, a dude I know, we go there because Eddie Guerrero is going to be there. And we love Eddie Guerrero. Who doesn't? So we're like, we'll go, we'll get, we'll get a, a eight by 10 signed. Maybe we'll hang out for a few minutes. And so we show up. There's like, I don't know, 10 people there or something because <laughs> 100 degrees in a parking lot of a Craig and Auto Parts. He, there's a tent, but that's it, you know. And so we're just hanging around and Eddie's being polite. He's being nice to everybody. But you can tell it's 100 degrees and he's not and he's kind of miserable. And so we're just hanging around and just witnessing someone who 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 is at in one sense, not very happy because it's really hot. But at the same time, his job is is to greet fans, to be polite, to be cordial, to answer questions, take pictures, sign autographs. And he was being a total pro about that. And but sell those, them those, damn tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's those moments in between where you seem kind of you know, you get those little moments and those it's those little moments that, that are that are really interesting when they kind of let the guard down a little bit. It humanizes them, yeah. And it humanizes them, you know, because you know, the 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 lifestyle of a wrestler is is tough. Yeah. On the road all the time. You know, you you, you think you you got a day to, to kind of relax, maybe not, nope, you gotta go sit in the parking lot at Craig and Auto Park to sign autographs for three and pro- hours. And probably in your mind you were like, We're gonna go meet Eddie Guerrero, there's gonna be ten thousand people <laughs> right. there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. because like I don't know if it's before or after, like this little 
because uh, there was there was a WCW again on sale where Bret Hart was there at Arco Arena um, here in Sacramento, and and we were like, oh, cool, we'll meet Bret Hart. The line was huge, and we're like, nah. like Bret's great and all, but it's like you know, it's like two thousand <laughs> people here. I had get a um, beer or something, you know. <laughs> I you know WrestleMania 13 was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I notoriously am beating up Hawk in the uh, Chicago street fight. If you've never seen that, go on YouTube right now. Um, I throw four four worked punches at Hawk in that match. I had seven throw tickets on the aisle. Um, <laughs> but before that, they were doing some um, publicity, and there was two signings that me and my friend went to: Owen and Davey at Toys R Us, and then across the street, Sid Vicious mm. was at. Um, uh, I think like an FYE is that a record store? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we waited in line for Owen Hart and and a long time, you know, an hour or something, and it was cool. But it was in and out, and like we were like that. That's what we assume. Then we went over to Sid Vicious, and nobody was over there. Literally, <gasps> Harvey Whippleman was just like his security, and Sid was there, <laughs> and it blew our he was mind. Champ, I think he. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was the champ. Yeah, yeah, and Aww, that's yeah, insane. And we were like, we didn't want to leave. We just wanted to like, like we were like, I, cause I, I see that happening now, you know, whether it's with me or someone more popular, but you know, at the wrestling shows of like fans being like, I have access to them. Yeah. I don't like, they're, no one's telling me to leave. I'm just going to try to be around this person as long as I can be. Why would I not there? So like, why would you ever leave that? Like something yeah. might happen all of a sudden, like somebody might get power bombed or something. Right. Or every second I'm not here, I'm not next to a famous pro wrestler. <laughs> exactly. Why would I ever exactly. do that? So exactly. mine, mine was uh, me and our friend Jeff were dry. We used to have to make the trip from Sacramento to LA quite a bit because we went to school in LA. And, uh, and of course we live up here in Sacramento and so, like, you know, every couple months or whatever, we'd, you know, make the trip up the five, up the I-5. And uh, another trip like that, we stop in at a McDonald's. And it was probably 99. And it was right after, uh, at least to our knowledge, uh, The Brood had debuted and uh, Team Extreme, uh, Jeff and Matt Hardy, had debuted. And, uh, or at least is when they were getting popular. And we stopped in at a McDonald's and uh, and we both were getting out of line and we look back at the line and, and Jeff sort of does double take. He's like, that's a wrestler, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, he was like, I'm going to go say hi. And he starts to or no, he said uh, he said, that's um, that's Christian. Right. And I was like, I don't know, maybe but it was Jeff Hardy. And he walks over there <laughs> and right as he's about to say something, I run up and say, you're Jeff Hardy sparing my friend from calling him Christian the wrong name. And uh, and he just looked as tired as can be. And I would <laughs> never do that shit these days because it's so fucking rude. Uh, and he just wanted to get his McDonald's. And we just chatted him up for like a brief second. And he was just telling us what the road schedule was. And it sounded like a fucking nightmare. And, uh, and then we're like, okay, man, well, you know, you have a good one. And then we yeah. left. And I don't know, like 10 minutes later, like, the, the the edge and Christian and the Hardys went zooming by in a rental <laughs> past us, <laughs> making making the next town. I, th- I think it's all about yeah. I think some of my favorite stories are seeing wrestlers in the wild. Seeing wrestlers in the wild is <laughs> yeah. is great, yeah. Especially in your in your youth, I think, or anytime. Yeah. There's that picture of going back to Kobashi. There's that picture of Kobashi when he came to Ring of Honor. Uh, just sitting there in a Wendy's, <laughs> which is like eating, you know. And I remember when that happened because I was on that show when he wrestled Samoa Joe in, in New York City. And I remember thinking like, 
some or uh, Kento Kobashi eats Wendy's. He's a naturally <laughs> fine-tuned athlete. This is crazy. Right. I figured it was just like protein and rice or whatever right. all day. Um, but I also I like the idea. I really wish he would have said uh, Christian, right? Because I think that I think those are good stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not and for the wrestler because yeah. it's a little shot to the ego. I think. <laughs> see, see if see if he rolled with it, been like, yeah, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm in the brew. Right. You know, yeah. about to get this number two here. Probably gonna load up on a couple Big Macs. Try to run him down and be like, oh my god, the dirt sheets say that Christian eats like shit. <laughs> or Christian being like. Or, uh, or Jeff Hardy being like, oh, I'm about to be recognized again. Yes, it's me. <laughs> right, and, exactly. And yeah. Christian starts like, doing oh. this. Yeah, starts doing <laughs> <the> McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's talk about Double or Nothing really quick. It's coming up yeah. this Sunday, and uh, you are in the Casino Battle Royal. I am. So I'm not the wild card. Don't start spreading rumors. Uh, there's, yeah, 20 of us announced there will be uh, an, op- uh, uh, an open opponent, uh, an open slot. Vacant, um, it's the gray vacant uh, guy. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if, if <laughs> history says anything, even if they fall off the top rope during uh, their very first spot in this, uh, uh, they'll still be good and get to have matches. That was a Matt Seidel uh, rip mm-hmm. right there. Got it, got uh, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And him and speaking of Christian, him and Christian had such a good match. That was Killer good. Match. Was I was really watching the, you know, I feel like even those were two pros pros. They just do every, the little things they are in the right places at the right times. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I love AEW is, um, we just we have all the pros. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. So when so you have been there a little bit over a year. I think you signed at least according to Wikipedia. You signed back in February of 2020. Yes. Um, what has been the difference in AEW now that you've been there for a spell versus some of the other places you've been? Obviously, did a spell way back in WWE. Um, but what, like, what's been sort of what's been what have you taken away so far from AEW? Yeah, it's hard because I'm in AEW at a different time than when I was in WWE. Sure. Even though when I was in WWE, I was there. I had been in wrestling ten years. You know, it's still the top tier guys, and there's still eggshells. And so, like, when I say I'm at AEW and I'm just like in a cutoff T-shirt and flip flops, doing whatever I want, you know, it's the coolest work experience. Um, I, I can't speak for that wrestler who's you know, uh, like a Danny limelight or, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they are freaking out or, you know, maybe they're not, but they probably should be, you know, like (laughs) uh, on eggshells. So um, it's hard for me, but that is my experience of like, I, you're right. I had, I had been unsigned for whatever, however long by choice, you know, impact tried to sign me a couple of times. Ring of honor wanted to sign me. I, I just always said, I'd rather do a handshake. And I, I just don't, Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I didn't like my first contracted experience and I don't think I'd like another one, but um, it was just really told me that this will be the chillest place. You don't have to worry about anything. Don't worry. It's Mm -hmm. cool. And it really is. And that's been, I think that comes through in the wrestling and it comes through in the confidence of the wrestlers and the idea that like Moxley and Omega could just do a exploding, not only can Moxley and Omega do a exploding barbed wire 
uh, deathmatch, but like the owner is like super hyped and wants to do it and loves Onita and FM, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, it, I, you know, it, it isn't Vince versus Tony, but like, you know, I, it's so cool that Tony's so new in his, like being able to be a promoter years that I, I'm not sure if that same idea or passion is there with Vince McMahon. Of course I can't speak for Vince McMahon, so I don't know, but you know, Vince McMahon, when he took over the world in wrestling, he was, Tony Khan's age and he was probably so excited about mm -hmm. it. And, and so you see almost the same thing with Tony now, and that's what gets all of us excited that he's on board. And, you know, he was just a huge fan of the bucks and new Japan and Omega. And like those guys were changing the business and, you know, they did change the business and then Tony put it all together. Now they get to do it even, uh, you know, at least in an American platform and now international. So uh, I love it. It's the best. <laughs> it was awesome. I saw, I, and I'd never seen this picture before. Maybe it had gotten around a lot. I don't know. But it was um, the first New Japan show in Long Beach that they did. Mm -hmm. And I think Venture Tony Center, right? was like, yeah. And Tony yeah. was like front row with a Bullet Club shirt on, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's per that is so perfect. And he he's not a, f he, he owns, you know, he's not a, like, he's not ashamed of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I talked about beating up Hawk on WrestleMania 13. Um, I was, again, I told you about how I came into wrestling. Like, I was ashamed of that yeah. for a long time. And I wouldn't, like, tell my trainers or the people or the people that were, you know, 35-year-olds at the time who had been in a long time. Like, to tell them that I was a fan of wrestling, they you would be looked down upon in, in certain wrestling um, locker rooms. You would be. And it took me a long time to be confident in myself and to know and to own myself and to know who I was as a person to champion that I was front row. And I, you know, and I was a, a smart, a smarky fan and, you know, I, I champion it and I still do champion. And so uh, the same way I think Tony Khan champions it, he champions that he was a fan, is a fan uh, and continues to be a fan. Now he gets to be the ultimate fan by changing the business himself along with all these wrestlers. Did you ever see, mm -hmm. did you ever think you'd see this day that like another legitimate huge company would pop up? Did you ever think it was possible? I mean, we all know, we all knew and know what it took. It took someone, you know, with a big bank. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, you know, I, even like in ring of honor, like we all knew like in 2004 ring of honor, we all knew that, we were of a generation that could change wrestling mm -hmm. if we want, you know, if we were given the right platform, it was just so independent at the time. And then most of those wrestlers did go on and go to WWE and did change wrestling. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it took someone, it, it, it not only took someone with the bank to bankroll it, but then also not to step on the toes of the creator, you know, mm -hmm. of, 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 um, of the artists. And yeah. so, you know, Tony only enhances, he really doesn't step on any toes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, it's the perfect, he's the perfect guy to do it. And it's been great. Um, well, the, the hallmarks of AEW is the freedom. And you kind of mentioned it here, uh, given the talent, um, how much leeway do, do you guys have in terms of, you know, we want to say this here, we want to do this in your matches. And then how much does Tony kind of say, you know, this, these are the beats you need to hit. Yeah, he, you know, he has ideas and he makes sure that his, you know, ideas are for the most part hit. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I do some coachings and, and producing too over there in AW. So like, uh, for example, I, I coached that uh, Young Bucks versus uh, uh, Fenix and Pac match. And, you know, like that was just, that, that was them 
you know, we all kind of sat around and for the most part, that was them putting their match and doing their art. And then it's like, here's the match. And then, yeah, you know, I threw in a couple bits, but besides that, it's just like, it's not like, you know, Tony's like, this is the match I want to see. I know it's going to be great. You guys do it and they do it and then they kill it. And it's the best. So, you know, I think, and I don't want to speak for Tony, but I think he just has a, he has a structured idea of where he wants stuff to go. And, and, and he does have great creative ideas and he comes up with ideas. And so uh, it's a lot of collaboration. I, and I, the best I can look at it for me from the, from the inside, but also the outside is I remember with Gabe Sapolsky uh, when he was booking early ring of honor, it was such a collab with the, with the talent and with Gabe. And also it was, it wasn't like, the boss being like, I'm better than you. This is how it's done. It was, Hey, we're all on the same team. We're all equals. Let's make great magic. And I feel that's the same thing with Tony where he doesn't talk down to anybody. He's like, we're all on the same team. Let's all work and get to the same place where I don't think we could say that for other wrestling mm -hmm. organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there goes my camera. Oh, uh, hold on one second. There we go. Oh, it came back today. Good. Damn camera all the time. It was um, like 10 minutes earlier today. I know. What the hell? I had a good question, too. Oh, that was my question. Um, artistically Can I fix your camera? No. <laughs> this is damn computer. Again, going back to, to, to kind of doing just the bare minimum to, to get keep the show <laughs> this together. So, like, you know? This looks great, but it's just uh, everything we do is held together by duct tape. Not even totally. duct tape. Like, fucking. Um, anyways, uh, artistically speaking, you're producing matches. You have the talent of the Young Bucks, uh, Phoenix and Pac together, right? When you see one of your ideas executed out there, what is that like versus you being in a match, you executing it? Is it a different thing? Is it a similar thing? Like, what is that? Like, what's the, what's the feeling like there? Uh, it's different, but there is a sense of pride. And it, what's interesting is, yeah, in the ring, my pride is beamed to everybody and everyone goes like, wow, Colt Cabana, right? <laughs> but when something like that happens or even on AEW dark and I, you know, cause I do a lot of stuff on dark with, with the younger talent and stuff like that. Even when I give an idea and they use it, you know, it's, it's just your own pride. It's your own happy feelings. You yeah. know, no one, no one else really, no one except those performers really know that that's happening. So mm -hmm. a lot of these agents and coaches are unsung heroes. Jerry yeah. Lynn is one of the biggest one, you know, and he has, he's, he has such a great impact on, on the shows and, uh, you know, no, I don't think he's doing interviews saying like, hey, hey, you know, it's, he's just doing his job. And yeah. uh, the people who know, know, and the people who don't, don't. And so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the difference is as a performer, everyone knows as a coach, nobody knows. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll leave on this. So the Casino Battle Royal, uh, you and uh, your fellow Dark Order friends, Uno and I believe Preston Vance are both in it with you. If it ends up. The last three, all dark order. How is that decided? Do you guys talk about that in advance? Well, we haven't talked about it yet, mm -hmm. but as the veteran, they're both going to just jump out. Right. And be like, Colt, you've been at it a long time. You deserve this. And yeah. I go, I know. Right. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I know. Preston, listen, you. All right. Uno has been doing it a long time, but. You know, Uno has a mask on. He can't really be the face of the company. Right. I can. Yeah. And yes, I've got this zit that's been doing my head in, but I'll cover it up for TV, okay? I hadn't even <laughs> noticed it. Yeah, I didn't know. I'm it so up. pale that whenever I get a zit, it stands out. It's like a red stoplight. It's terrible. <laughs> um, that's good to know. I hope hopefully they know yes. that, you know, age, you know, comes first. They should. They should. They Well, yeah. Yes. 
feel like yeah. you need to. And I'm more beautiful than both of them. They both have masks on. So it's not even age before beauty. It's just age and beauty before all of you. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's got a podcast? You do. All right. right. <laughs> you guys need to scram then. Thank you. All right. Well, Colt, thank you so much. Wrestling you Anonymous. So much, check it out right now. Go sub. It's wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, and yeah, it's a really terrific show. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's really yeah, a delight. It's, it's great. It's great. Cool. Thanks so uh, much for hanging out with us, dude. Yeah. Thanks again. And again, I do apologize. I was in Alaska. I tried to make that work, but um, we gotta we gotta do something on Twitch together. I, we'll oh, we'll oh, make it happen. Yeah. We'll, we definitely gotta make that happen. That'll be a yeah, lot of fun. for sure. That for was sure. a twenty four hour stream. It sucked. Like it was I, like getting people on was like the last thing we were thinking of. I can't imagine that not sucking, but. Yeah, don't you're, ever. You're do good it. people for it. I will. It's a bad idea. Yeah. We're too old. Yeah, for it, it was. It was a bad idea. And Steve wants to do it again for some reason. I don't know. Why. We should do it again. We should totally no, do it. Definitely again. not. Yeah, definitely we not. Totally. It's a good for business. I mean, I can see why you'd say that, but it's great for business. Anyways. Good for business. It's not so good for us. Though. <laughs> All right. Thanks, dudes. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.